everybody, and welcome back to The Last Bell, MVL's weekly variety podcast created by Desktop Publishing. Today, as always, I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Walter, James the Giant Peach, Paul George Ringo, Grubbs. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> Today, we also have two very special guests and a third super special guest. I will introduce our first two special guests first, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ben Lunston and Joe Bosmack. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi, everybody. How's it going, everybody? Good. On a scale of good. one to ten thousand, how is your day going? I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm like eight hundreds, mid eight hundreds. Eight hundred. So very bad. <laughs> wait, what's the top? Oh, wait, ten thousand. Ten thousand. This is uh, this is why I am an art teacher. Uh, I don't do the numbers. This, that so confuses do, everyone every I time. I don't do the numbers so well. Uh, eight thousand. There we go. No one's ever given me the right, like, actual number for that, ever. Ten. It's like, that's really, we need to take you somewhere if you're at a ten. It's about 24 pi. Yeah. 24. Nice. (laughs) We'll figure that out in post. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What number that is. This week, last week, today. We're bringing it back. Two short weeks in a row. We're feeling pretty great, right? We are. Sleep-wise, we're doing very well for high school students. Oh, I got yeah. 16 hours of sleep one night this weekend, and it was like, I was so excited. It was the best. That is amazing. So yeah. lightning around. I didn't know that was What did possible. you guys do with your seven-day snow day extravaganza? Walter, you first. Uh, recovered from my wisdom teeth surgery. Yay. Woohoo. Fun. Very fun. Mr. Yes. Winston, how about you? Oh, uh, I, I actually did a lot of reading. Nice. Uh, shoveling of snow. Ooh, yeah. Uh, playing with children and uh, homework and a little bit of work. And Perfect. it's not that exciting. Oh, like uh, finish, finish a Netflix series that I started. Ooh. So that was, that was good. Pray tell? Uh, it is called Safe. Nice. So there's like, it's this author who has like a bunch of, of his books turned into Netflix stuff. It's mystery, huh. crime, drama. Ooh. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's good. It's like awesome. the ultimate goal for an author. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems it's, like nowadays, like Philip K. Dick with all this like Amazon Prime stuff, it's got like seven shows on there. Seriously. Yeah, this guy's, this guy's stuff is pretty pretty good. And I think I think at first there was like five shows, and now it's up to like 15. Wow. So they're just going to keep cranking Man. them out, which is pretty cool. Nice. Joel, how about cool. you? My mom got married, so. Congratulations. That was like a whole weekend ordeal. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that I. Oh yeah, yeah. I you did, took pictures. Yeah, today. I did wedding photography. Oh, it was pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. How about you, Ben? I did one thousand push-ups in a single day. Nice, big. Whoa. That Mr. is a massive flex. Me. Oh my god, we it, were, um, it worked. Since well, you were on the floor, might as well keep on going. So I, well, not not all at once. I did. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I'm not really a lot. Like I can't leave the house today. I'm snowed in, but I still want to kind of like work out, get my workout in. If I did 33 push-ups every 20 minutes for the next 10 hours, I could do a thousand push-ups today. Well, 34, like for the every third, and I got to the end, uh, and then I was able to get out and go to the gym. So I did the first 650 at my house, <laughs> and then the last would be 250 at the gym. So you did every 10 minutes. 350. Every 20 minutes. Every I did 20 33. minutes. Oh Gosh. man! I You're... wasn't sore until the next day, in which I couldn't move my. Arms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See the next like, day. Oh. I pictured you the next day. Your arms are just noodles. Like, it's like when your arms are asleep, you know, and you get out of bed. Like, but it lasted all day. Or Can someone pick playing? up my cup for me. <laughs> yeah, your mom's feeding you again. I was just playing quap, but in real life. <laughs> As you don't know, because we haven't told you yet, which we're going to tell you now, yes. what our next segment is. Our next segment. You don't know about. Do we title the podcast. Um. We, we will. Do. We will. Yes. Are you yes, going to title it very explanatory, or are you going to be like... We'll probably talk about the Hmong mission. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as you guys know, the mis- Wells Mission Project at MVL for this year, the one that we're raising money for, is the Hmong Outreach Mission Project. But you guys probably don't know, at least we didn't know, a lot about it. And so, we're sitting down with Sean Paul, who is in charge of... Uh, Sean Young. Sean, oh, shoot. That's just reading it. I've got Wally's middle name. Sean, <laughs> Sean Paul. <laughs> Sounds like a musician. Sean, no, yeah, we're actually. bringing Sean Paul in. He's... <laughs> We sat down with Sean Young, Sean Young, who is in charge of risk management for yes. the uh, Hmong mission, but he knows a lot more than just the risks of it, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk to him. Thank you, Wally. You saved me. Roll, <laughs> roll the clip. So, uh, thanks so much for calling with us today. Um, for those of you listening at home, uh, we're interviewing Sean Young with the uh, Hmong Outreach Mission uh, in Vietnam. Uh, that's the Wells um, 
the outreach program, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about what they do, the work they do, and how the mission money that we raise will benefit those uh, brothers and sisters in faith over in Vietnam. Uh, so before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to all the MVL listeners um, and give us a little bit of background about what you do with uh, Mong Outreach Mission? Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invitation. I'm glad we got it scheduled as well. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Sean Young. I am a, I am a lay person. I am not a called worker here within the uh, operations of the Synod. I'm the director of missions operations. So I'm not only uh, kind of taking the lead there with that, that, that work with the Hmong people in Vietnam, but I also work with all of our other world mission fields as well as some of our home missions. Um, in fact, tomorrow morning I leave for Thailand. We're gonna meet with all of our missionaries who are there from, uh, from the mainland uh, that we had to pull out, and we're going to do some planning with them. Um, my my background is I, I came from 14 years in higher education, and then ran a construction company. And I'm actually an adult confirmant. I was born and raised uh, Roman Catholic, so I am a product of your ministry outreach efforts, and I thank you for that. Wow, that's a, that's quite a backstory. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, real quick, should we introduce Job and myself so everyone? Oh, for sure. Or, or, or maybe, maybe with the intro that we will have already done, everyone will know. I think yes. we'll do an intro so everyone will assume that yeah. we're that we're all here. So never mind, I take it back. But I, I love, I love hearing stories like that because we just kind of talked about this in class actually. How we used who do we use Julia Child? Yeah. As as yep. the as the mm-hmm. example where you know she she didn't get into cooking or writing until she was in her fifties essentially and just God's plan for everyone where you might be over here now but you know you're doing construction one day and the next day you're flying to Thailand yeah coordinating Hmong missions yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome that's really cool yep. to, to see um, so when we were researching the program it was really interesting to see some of the online resources that connected the wells with the people of um, Vietnam can you tell us a little bit about the beginning of the Hmong outreach program Certainly. So about uh, eight and a half years ago, um, Pastor Bunkil Lor, uh, a pastor, a Hmong pastor in Kansas City, um, uh, was posting his sermons online in Hmong. And one of the Hmong church leaders of the Hmong Fellowship Church uh, in Vietnam heard it and, and, and also printed out uh, what, what Pastor Boom put online and started sharing it among some of the leaders of the Hmong Fellowship Church. Uh, that started to get some legs, and they eventually invited Pastor Boone over uh, to Vietnam to do some initial training. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that time, I was on staff already. Um, I'm another one of my roles here in the missions uh, office is working in risk management. So, if, I mean, if Boone, if Pastor Boone would have asked for permission to go on that trip, I would have had to say no because it wouldn't have cleared any of our check boxes. <laughs> So God had him do it kind of, kind of off the record a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, what he did, and now that that uh, that training is official, we've been invited by the Vietnamese government, uh, a wow. communist government, yeah. to come and and work with the Hmong people. Now it's only the Hmong people. We can't proselytize to the Vietnamese or any other people groups right now. But that church body has grown from I think forty thousand to over one hundred and twenty thousand in the time we've been working it. So the Lord's given us plenty of plenty of people to work with and a growing church body in which to continue to, to train their called workers, their pastors, and some of their leadership. Yeah, speaking of that, that communistic government, is there some like unique difficulties or advantages that come with working with something that's so unlike our like form of government? Yeah, that's a great question. You bet there's challenges um, because because, you know, I, I don't know what kind of household you grew up in, but when in our house, when we grew up, when dad said, because I said so, well, that's because dad said so, and that's why you did it. Um, that's kind of like working with the government, because I said so. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned I'm going, I'm going to Thailand uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to be there for a quick five days. I wanted to go right to Vietnam from there. Um, but the government said, no, you will be here on the, on the uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th of March, and that's when we'll have you. Sure. So it'll be my first St. Paddy's Day in Vietnam. <laughs> wow. It'll still be unique. They've, 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 the, the positive side now of working with that, so we have, um, 
we as a synod have properties all over the globe. Uh, we have we have properties in Russia. We have properties in uh, East Asia. We have properties in in Bulgaria. Uh, the paperwork that I have to do for some of those properties and, and the like is phenomenal. In Vietnam, <laughs> no paperwork. Oh, sure. If the government says this is what we're going to do. I say okay. Uh, and then they handle all of the paperwork internally. Huh. You're, oh, you're not going to find another church body dealing with the Hmong uh, in Vietnam that's got the kind of backing that we have from the from the Vietnamese government. It's 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 astounding, really. Wow, that sounds like such a blessing to have that kind of almost like foot in the door with the government that you can just kind of yeah. the free carte blanche. Yeah, yeah. Car- it's 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 stunning. Now again, they're communists. So, because they said so, they come to the level of meeting, but uh, they've been great hosts to us. I would, I would, uh, and it's a beautiful country, so. Yeah, do you know how they, like, their government found out about us? Because we're like a, we're not a giant synod, you know? Yeah, they were, that's, a, that's another good question. They were, they were tracking Pastor Boone. I mean, a guy that comes and visits that often, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to draw the interest of the government. Sure. Um, but, but the my first, I think it was my first meeting there. I asked one of the one of the, the Vietnamese government officials. So it's it's English to Hmong to Vietnamese. So a conversation that may take you and I ten minutes could take thirty minutes when you're translating and trying to get what they're saying. Huh. Um, but I, I asked them point blank, "Why are you letting us do this?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> you got to let me know. I'm curious, and he said because you're bringing a piece to the people, to the Hmong people in Vietnam that we can't enforce. Wow. Oh, sure. Huh. Oh, uh, uh, I, I, did, I, did that translate correctly? You're, so we're <laughs> being your peacemakers by the gospel? I think we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, something lines up here really well. Right. <laughs> so I'd like to try that in another communist country, but we'll, we'll, we'll call and, and let the Lord lead us in the direction he wants us to go. Yeah, definitely. Wow. We were we were kind of talking as a class to how it's interesting because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but doors are kind of closing in China for us again. You know, which is why you're meeting with pastors in Thailand who should be in China, and and you know it's it's that old adage of one door closes, one door opens. But I think uh, sometimes those sayings stick because they tend to be proven true quite often, and this seems like one of those examples. Yeah. Yeah, and and not not kind of you are you are you are spot on, Ben. There there is there is the harassment we were getting, the pressure we were feeling. Um, now again, uh, through God's blessings, we got we got all of our contacts out. Uh, I don't want to talk too openly, but we got all <laughs> of our contacts out before the coronavirus even hit. Oh, sure. Now that's, that's that's pretty big in my world right now. Risk management and everything we're doing. Uh, across all of our world mission fields, now even in the U.S., we've got what sixteen reported cases. Yeah, wow. Thailand has thirty, I think thirty-five reported cases. Yeah, so it's it's out there, it's spreading. But God saw fit to, to make sure that we were safe out of out of the the center of the petri dish, if you will, before it got too bad. So yeah, that's kind of crazy how that worked out. Thinking about it now, that's awesome. How well yeah. the timing, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great God thing. Sorry, real quick, Ben. Just face like oh, yeah. pretend like you're talking to that TV more than like turning. So don't don't worry about him seeing your back because then we'll pick up your voice a little better. There you go. So pretend Perfect. like you're talking to that TV. So <laughs> there you go. Most kids at MVL know that they're donating to the Hmong mission, but they don't really know like what their money is being used to pay for. Could you clarify that a little bit? You bet. Now you're right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, when we when we sat down and we originally put together uh, this budget, um, I knew I knew how to price construction costs in the Midwest. Um, I, I knew through my years at the university what it took to to operate a classroom. Um, to do it in Vietnam, and the Vietnam currency is called dong. The the Vietnamese dong. I have no idea how far that goes, how little it goes. Um, but but the dollars that we're getting through God's people in in support of this ministry are going to the content development, so the creation of the, the course material, 
Sure. Now we're working very closely in partnership with the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary at developing through the Pastoral Studies Institute program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's paying for us to currently rent space uh, so that we can bring those those sixty um, pastors from basically northern the northern portion of Vietnam up in the Sapa region, the hill country, down into Hanoi. Um, it's also paying for the travel for Pastor Boone and the visiting instructors going back and forth to get there and back. Um, but the big, the biggest portion so far that that's been expended has been to purchase a piece of land. Um, which again, the amount of paperwork that I normally would have to do would be crazy. Um, but the Vietnamese government, we went through fourteen or fifteen different pieces. Uh, I was in Vietnam three times in eleven months. Looking at those different properties, we've settled on a piece of property. We made that purchase. Uh, that was $800,000 of, of the gifts that we've raised so far, that two million, a little over $2 million that went to purchase that land. So now now the next big expenditure is going to be uh, the construction mm-hmm. of, that, of that piece. And that's what I've been working on. Um, with their architects, and then now with a, a local a local architect that's been working with the Wells for a while, uh, the Trado Group. He's uh, he's helping us kind of come up with some some counter drawings, if you will, to kind of say, okay, let's pull back on this space. Let's cool. Let's focus a bit more on this space. So even the the, the couple of hundred bucks that that uh, the Trado Group is is charging us has been we've been able to cover that through the gifts that God's people have just given in and in droves. I was, I was stunned. We, you know, the, the people of the Senate have given us over, I think it's $2.4 million now to oh, be able wow. to do this in, in like 14 months, you guys, it's just in the private sector. You just go, wait, what? They're just, <laughs> they're just giving you millions of dollars. So you can take a, a fly and see if maybe you can get some gospel shared in a communist country. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's what we're doing. <laughs> So that's a seminary that you're building uh, in Vietnam, or what is that building? It's a, it's a, it's a, they don't want me to call it a training center. It's a theological education center. So you guys remember when uh, you went through um, your catechism classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went through, uh, as an adult, I went through Bible information class twice, um, but there's reasons for that. Uh, <laughs> so you so it's that level stuff all the way up to seminary level coursework. Wow. Oh, sure. So depending, depending on where that where that guy's coming in, am I going to be? So I'm I'm a guy from um, this the, the 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 village up north, and I've had two days of training, and now I'm a pastor of three congregations. So his level of training <laughs> is up here, wow. whereas another guy who may have gone to um, uh, an LCMS college somewhere his training is all the way up here. So he needs to have classes that, that are at this level. And this guy who's basically an evangelist needs to have what classes at this level. Mm-hmm. So to call it a seminary is, is a little, a little too, too tight. Sure. So cause we, we've got basic catechism being taught all the way up to seminary level courses. Gotcha. That's really awesome to see um, God's hand in things, your background in construction and now with the building of this new facility that can kind of cover all these different uh, aspects of, of life, you know, from sort of like the the Sunday school Bible information class to all the way up to the, the seminary level. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't have, I don't think I would have believed it had I seen it as a script when I was just coming out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, so are there any misconceptions that come across with this Vietnam mission because we haven't been exactly knowing that you know how the seminary works or the not seminary to say um, I, I, I think so a lot of people you know they still think that we're working with the Vietnamese because we're in Vietnam oh mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. I do a lot of you know I, I'm, the, I'm the office guy I'm the operations guy but with this uh, with this opportunity in Vietnam we've had well, I've, I've kind of been forced to go out and do a lot more presentations, to talk a lot more uh, in front of churches and in front of schools. Um, and and the one consistent thing that, that I see people are surprised at is that it's Hmong outreach in Vietnam. And we, we put it right in the title, but they still think we're working with the Vietnamese. 
So I think that's probably the biggest misconception about what's going on. Yeah. You you spoke previously about being peacekeepers with the Hmong. Can you expound on that a little bit? Like, what is the problem with them that you're you're like fixing? And where do they sit within the society? Too? Yeah. yeah that, so I I I as being the director of missions operations for the Senate, I'm not fixing anything on <laughs> on that relationship. Um, if you go back to the to the race riots of the 50s and I will say the 60s and, and 70s in the United States with the African American and 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 the uh, the, the Anglo uh, European Americans, um, they've got that times a thousand wow. uh, in their relationship with the Hmong. The Hmong are a people group that don't really have a country of their own. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. The Hmong are in Cambodia, the Hmong are in Laos, they're in Thailand, they're in China, they're in Wisconsin, they're in Minnesota. A huge population in, in uh, uh, the Twin Cities area with Pastor Pang Mua. Um, they're considered just a lesser class. Uh, a good example is Pastor Schlomer, Larry Schlomer and I, he is the administrator for the Board for Omissions. We're up in, in the Sapa region and we had, uh, we had stopped for lunch. And we had two Hmong brothers with us. And we, we walked into a place that looked like they could speak uh, English. It was a little bit of a touristy place. Not obviously too big of a touristy place. <laughs> not got some Dells or anything. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they saw us walk in, and then they saw the Hmong brothers walking behind us, and they shooed the Hmong brothers out of the restaurant. Huh. Oh, I mean, so so we turned around and started walking, and they said, no, 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 you are free, you are free to stay. I'm like, not without our Hmong brothers. And so they talked a little bit and they, they set us at a table for two with this beautiful linen and silverware and crystal. And then they brought like a folding table and set it down there in two wooden bowls filled with whatever it was filled with. And then two plastic cups of water and two big spoons. That was their lunch. They didn't get to order anything off the menu. If they're going to be in here, they're going to be in here begrudgingly. And then we got to order whatever we wanted to order. Wow. And it was my first can That's of Coca-Cola. Crazy. Three weeks. It was the best can of Coca Cola I ever had. But I digress. Um, so it was time to pay the bill. So I took my my credit card and I gave it to the Hmong pastor to go up and pay at the front register. Mm, <laughs> they didn't really they didn't really appreciate that. <laughs> I want to show them that these are our brothers in Christ, just like they're our brothers in the faith. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that 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 gives an example of the kind of um, the kind of uh, uh, level they have it in the society in Vietnam. They're considered well that that that, that story I told you earlier about the about the, the colonel uh, in the in the military or in the government who said we're bringing a peace on them that they can't enforce. Yeah. Just you just that that resonates with me every time I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, the only reason they're they're letting us share the gospel with them is because it's keeping them preoccupied. Yeah. Yeah Hmong so, Hmong outreach is, is- pretty big when I I spent a little bit of time at um, a mission in Thailand and that's who that mission served um, mostly was even though we were in Thailand most of the population of the churches there are are the Hmong we got Pastor Ken Posh yeah yeah or, Pastor Ken yeah are, are you meeting with him in Thailand in Chiang Mai or no uh, oh actually he, he retired didn't he Yep. Yep. Nope. We're meeting with, uh, we're meeting with a couple of the, uh, a couple of the folks that we had elsewhere in that region of the world. Yeah. Um, because now we just, we just found now with, uh, some of the arrangements we've had, uh, it's good. It's just easier for us to land as U S citizens, as missionaries, if you will, right. in land. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to, what we're going to discuss is, do we keep this in our central, our central operating point? Is this what we want to, you know, we looked at Taiwan, we looked at Hong Kong. Um, we've got a bunch of data we're going to look at. I've got, I've got a, what I do with those guys, Fred, is i got a whole bunch of numbers to sit and go over <laughs> with. You know, pastors and numbers, that's, that's one of their favorite things. But the, but that's that's what we're going over there. We think we're going to stay in Thailand because, A, of the Hmong population. Um, B, we do, have, we do have a presence already with the training school there. Um, this has kind of hit some hard times, but we think if we take the program that we're doing in Vietnam and kind of tweak it, we may be able to make it work in Thailand. But again, we don't know. This is our very first meeting 
and talk about ministry planning and, and the operational support it needs and, and the like. That's great. Is that the one that's in Shanghai, the training program? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been, yeah, the, the, pastor, the there? yeah, the pastors there are great. Yep. Yep. Was the pond still active behind there when you were there? The pond? Yeah, they had a little pond back there that they tried to stock for fish so they didn't have to. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember. This was two years ago? I'm not sure. So probably not then, because I was there. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't remember it. Yeah, I was there five years ago, and it was a disaster at five years. So. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they just changed buildings recently, though, too. Yep. Yeah, yep, that's so, and I was I was in the new the new facility. Okay, so. yeah, I don't think we're gonna get up to Chiang Rai. I think we're gonna be there, pound out what we can for a couple yeah. of days back here for a synodical council meeting, and then get back on a plane and fly back out to Vietnam. Yeah, well, I'll give it back to these guys because I've got some more really good questions on here. Excellent, excellent. This is kind of a more general one, but what are some of the biggest challenges that uh, you and the mission faces right now? Um, well, you know, finding, finding probably volunteers to help. Now I, I'm talking, I'm talking home missions as well. So you guys remember I, I support as the director of, of operations, both home and world. Sure. And we, we, you know, we're working with 120 or so home mission congregations and, and finding those folks that are willing to, to, to venture out of the comfort of their, I go to St. Luke's in Watertown, what yeah, I call yeah. a congregation of a hundred plus years old. I'm from St. Mark's in Watertown. There you go. So. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we moved there when I took this job. I had no idea Watertown was like the central of the world. Again, <laughs> I'm a Johnny come lately. It was just, it was a convenient place to have cheap housing because the city doesn't pay what construction pays. We'll get that out. Um, so, We've had, uh, we've had some, you know, we work hard on trying to get volunteers and their funding is always an issue. You know, God always puts plenty of opportunities before us. Uh, and it's a matter of, of finding something that, 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 that we can do that's within our budget. Yeah. Um, obviously the Hmong outreach in Vietnam is a, uh, is a very unique opportunity, uh, where, where people were able to, to donate. Um, I'd say otherwise it's risk management. It's, it's me telling a guy, a, a pastor, a trained theologian, who's been, who's spent his entire life wanting to be a missionary in a foreign field, me telling him that he can't go into Pakistan, that he can't go into India because it's not safe for him. And he's like, I'll sign a waiver. I don't care. I won't <laughs> want to go there. I want to share. Yeah, I get it. But you know what? When you, you're there and something happens, guess who's going to be here answering to your family, to your wife? me uh so it's sometimes tough to rein in the exuberance that our missionaries have which is a great problem to have brothers don't get me wrong <laughs> oh yeah but it yeah. but it can be tough and you know they're they're pastors that's what they are that's what they are that's their dna that's what they're wired to do mm -hmm. so who is building this like this building is it are you contracting the Hmong people are you bringing in people is the the is Vietnam the people, yeah, yeah. No, that is a uh, that 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 was one of those conversations that you sit around the table and talk for a while, um, and that was a that that came down to the dad rule because I said so. The Vietnamese government is building this. They've given me my 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 option is: do I want to use this width of board as our outside wall, or this width of board as our outside wall? <laughs> Everything else is going to be up to them. Wow. The plumbing, the the outside. The first set of drawings they gave us had tennis courts. <laughs> oh, and I said, and I said, why? I've been to Vietnam a couple of times now. I don't think I've seen a single tennis court. Why tennis courts? And they said, well, when we visited, we toured the center here, the Center for Mission and Ministry. We toured the seminary, and we toured uh, MLC. And he said, and you had tennis courts there. So we thought that was part of the training. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's kill the courts. We're not going to have tennis courts. Cool. So, uh, so they're, they're doing it all. They're building it. They're, they're choosing the contractors. It's all government run. There is no private contractors there. I'm working now with four different departments within the Vietnamese government uh, to get this done, licensing, construction, I'm I'm so 
I'm so interested to see what happens though, because what what you're so if if I've got this right, you brought Vietnamese contractors to MLC. No, we brought Vietnamese government officials from the Vietnamese Fellowship Church. Right. So even you know, even though we're only um, on paper doing the Hmong outreach, I think it's opportunities like this, lay people like you. Think of all those contractors, all those people, and I mean, this is you know, gospel outreach comes in many forms, and even just seeing how we operate as a congregation, and and hopefully we treat them well and with respect, and they're like, oh, you know, like. For some reason, dealing with these people on this building project felt different than other buildings. Like, I think that's a really neat way to do. It's almost like subversive every, outreach, yeah. you know. It's little seeds. Absolutely. Every, every class that we have, the Vietnamese Fellowship Church has a Vietnamese leader in there or two. Really? So every course that knows monks. So every course we're offering, they're they're monitoring to make sure that we're separating uh, and giving unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? And separate church and state. Well, and the beautiful so you, the beautiful thing that's biblical too, you know. Like so, yeah, it it's we're to, like you're fine with that. It's yeah. if you live under a dictatorship, you live under a dictatorship, but you hold up the gospel truth, and they actually yeah. do they actually do work well together. Mm-hmm. In this instance, it sounds like for sure. Yeah, they have a uh, they have an individual uh, a woman who. Uh, looked at all of our content originally when we put it together and, and compared it with, with what she called our Bible. Uh, and she said, everything that we're teaching in our coursework comes directly from the Bible and there's nothing that comes out as an interpretation of what the Bible says. Oh. And she says, of all, of all the stuff she's read, and she proclaims to be, uh, what did she call herself? A devout atheist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever about eight, uh, uh, ever before. Hmm. So that that's street cred for us as well with the <laughs> yeah, government, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you see any like potential issues that can come with the government running all of this? Do you think they absolutely could... tomorrow? I could yeah. get there. I could build a building. They, we could cut the ribbon and unlock the door, and then the military could show up and say, thanks, we're going to take you to the airport now. Yeah. 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 That is concerning. It's from a, from a risk management perspective, you said, um, that can, yep. that could be kind of a volatile <laughs> issue, but it seems like it's, it's been great so far. Yeah. Well, think about, just think about the inroads we've made just to date. Think about the touch points that our missionaries and our, and our professors from the seminary and our, and our other pastors who are going as visiting uh, professors, Think about the gospel they've already shared with a group of people that had nothing prior to this. Yeah, it's crazy. So if we drag... I'm sorry? Oh, you're good. Sorry. I interrupted you. Okay. Oh, about how they could they could take they yeah. could take it time they wanted to. That is the risk we're running. And when I sit I sit with donors a lot now too as a result of this opportunity that God's put before us. And I talk to them and I and I tell them I, I fought against this for nine, ten months. Um, but every time I had a, every time I had an objection, um, it was it was met, it was uh, it was set aside, it was allayed, uh, and and the door opened even further. So eventually, you got to just say, okay, I'm going to walk through it. And now that I'm through it, and I'm representing us uh, as a church body to that government, I'm going to make sure that I try to to dot all my eyes and cross all my t's. Yeah, we have a we have a pretty good memorandum of understanding in place. So I worked with a law firm in Ho Chi Minh City and then in, in, in Hanoi uh, that helped me um, make sure that I wasn't stepping on toes, but still saying, look, this is what we really want for the Hmong people and for our church body. And the Vietnamese government was very receptive to that. So again, uh, they're turning out to be pretty good partners. Um, so... Yeah, it's crazy how how far you you've gotten in so such little time. It, am I right? It started in twenty fifteen that that pastor contacted our senate, and now in twenty twenty yeah, we've we've gone yeah. so far. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's been a, it's been a real blessing. See, so what I use it's funny you keep you keep using uh, is that, is that uh, Walter that was talking there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you keep using the word crazy, Walter, I I did that for the first four years and I was told 
okay, not a lot of people understand what that means. Huh. Like, oh, shit. We're being crazy. I'm like, no, no, this is, it's ludicrous. It's insane. <laughs> No way would we as, as missions operations, so I serve as a I serve as advisory to both the board for world missions, the board for home missions, and for the joint mission council for that matter. And if, if we would have plotted this out on paper and put a budget to this, everybody would have said this is the craziest thing as well, we're not gonna do it. So in that context, crazy is good, but now that we're actually doing it and we're living it and we're seeing God's blessings in it, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I, it's, it's something that I never thought I'd ever be involved in personally, professionally, uh, as an adult compromise, just period. But God's, God's, God's blessing a whole bunch of people with this. Definitely. Yeah, I feel it's kind of interesting for our like donational standpoint. Like every year we get a different mission, and this is the one that I can remember the most, the the best. But that like it's going to one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Like with Friends of China you're, and stuff like that, you're donating to like this large mission project. But this one, it like I really feel like giving because I know exactly what it's going toward. And it's a very good connection. Yeah. Too. Yeah, we are. This is a, this is as this is as direct an opportunity that I can as a, in in world missions that I can that I can remember in all of my vast eight years of being in ministry. <laughs> So what do you think is next? Uh, we've talked about building the, the new building. After that, uh, what are some of the plans that the Wells has in store for the, the Hmong Outreach Mission? We are going to, uh, we're going to start our second cohort group, so like our second, our second set of students once the building is completed. So right now we're working with 60, uh, 60 Hmong men um, from up in the northern region. It's our goal uh, next to, to work with a second group of 60 and see if we can improve on the program as as well as maybe condense the time frame a little bit so we can start to get through more classes, more men. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, we don't know if if we're gonna be able to, how long we're gonna be able to do this. Mm-hmm. A kind of a quick question. Do you know what religion the Vietnamese people are? There's, there's, a, there's a, a broad swath from Buddhism to to uh, monks to, to what what they call ancestry, so they just worship the, the spirits and the pictures of their ancestors. Sure, it's, uh, it's all over the board. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Has that have any of those come in conflict with the wells, or not? You haven't seen any problems with that? No, like I said, the Vietnamese government's been doing a good job of saying. Uh, get out of their way. This is what oh. they're doing. They're doing it with our blessings. So you give them a hard time, you're going to give you're going to give us a hard time. And oh, by the way, we're the communist Vietnamese government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't want to mess with that. Yeah, that's a total right. blessing. It's a scary blessing, but it it's still a blessing. Yeah. yeah. So going along with that a little bit, what are some of the biggest cultural differences? Would you say uh, that can kind of present challenges, and some of the ones that would maybe uh, present uh, some benefits, like on a day to day level. Um, What's different about like the the Hmong and the Vietnamese uh, cultures that that can provide opportunities for uh, for missionaries? Uh, I don't really. I I'm. I mean, I could probably make something up to sound good, but <laughs> I, I don't really know the Vietnamese culture that well. Sure. Uh, so I, I could I could I could talk about. Uh, our culture, American culture, and Hmong culture, but I don't really know a lot about the Vietnamese. Uh, culture. When I'm there, I'm dealing almost exclusively with the Hmong brothers mm-hmm. uh, and their families. Um, unless I'm in negotiations or or meetings with the, the Vietnamese government uh, representatives, and that's not there's not much culture. You sit at a table and uh, and you you exchange needs or desires or requirements back and forth, and you're told yes or no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but between the between the Hmong and Americans, you know, as as you guys know, you know, um, living in living in Minnesota, their your Hmong population, they're very clan based, so very family based. So I, I grew up in the I grew up in the '60s in Milwaukee, and I could my dad had ten brothers and sisters. I could walk to any one of my aunts or uncles' houses <laughs> back on the east side of Milwaukee back in the day. And I think that's how the Hmong are today. 
they're very they're very family oriented, very clan based. Um, the, the their their generations, and I, I've noticed this. I've been to twenty two countries in the last eight years now. Before I took this job, I never left the United States. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. Um, they're they're we we tend to want to get out of the house as soon as possible. Um, and then we visit our parents or our brothers and sisters at holidays or birthdays or, you know, a football playoff game or something, but not, we don't, we don't interact on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. In the Hmong culture, they're together for generations. Wow. Mom and, mom and grandpa are living in mom and dad's house where they've got the kids. And then even maybe their oldest kids, uh, kids. So great grandparents down to, to great grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, in very small spaces, yeah, very, very tight. They're very a very tight people group. Sure, that sounds like a great opportunity if you can, you know, convert one of the family members. It's like, like a well, domino effect. Yeah, yeah domino mm-hmm. effect that spreads to the rest of the family. Hopefully, yeah. Well, if not, like you know, like for me, I I born and raised Roman Catholic. I I didn't I I didn't. Nobody went with me. I. I got, you know, I got kicked out, <laughs> yeah. you know, so as, as an Irish Catholic to go to Protestant was a pretty big thing just here in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if, it, if they're into ancestry worship or something and they become Christian, they're, it's rare that they're going to, it's rare that they bring any extended family with them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it takes a very long time. Sure. Um, the good news is the the group that the, the, that God's put us uh, in touch with, we're all Christians down, you know, at the core to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not just not well trained, not not very biblically based, but so we didn't have a big uphill battle with 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 this particular these particular clans. Yeah, so it's just like giving them more information instead of trying to actually convert them. Right. Yep. It's just training them. Yep. We'll let them proselytize to their own people groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I mentioned earlier in the conversations, you guys, that when we first started, this church body was 40, 45,000. And now they're up over 120,000. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the word spreading like wildfire. And, and you hear your friends talking excitedly about what's going on at church, and you want to see, well, okay, what's going on at church? And then you go, and then you hear the word, and you go, wait, I, all my sins are forgiven. I don't, I don't have to do this, that, or the other thing, or 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 at dusk pray to you know Great Aunt Ethel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because like, if you're talking, you, you go. Sorry. No, no. I just said it. Just it's just a it's 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 an eye opener for for anybody that comes into into. Uh, you know, that, that evangelical Lutheran faith to find out it was for me to find out you didn't have to do good works. You, yeah. you could, you already, he's died on the cross for your sins and mine. It's all right. It's already done. Yeah. That's we'll tell <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I keep, <laughs> it's harder when you can't see each other. Yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, it must be nice. Like you were saying that they're, they seem to be a, like a suppressed people. So it must be nice for them to hear something like that that they aren't worth less than any other anyone else. Yeah, and and then and then at that point they don't feel they don't feel suppressed at all. They feel they feel like God's got them right wherever He wants them. So whoever else is doing whatever they want to do to inflict whatever pain or hardship there on them, they just okay. Well, I know this is God's plan, and and we're just going to continue to to praise Him and and share Him with those around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a slightly more fun question. Uh, since you've been to Vietnam multiple times, have you had any like interesting experiences or like favorite parts of it? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm as I mentioned, uh, growing up Irish. I, I, my, my, my food, my diet was pretty bland before I. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, I was down in Guanajuato, uh, once from a, one of my early field visits and I had a grasshopper taco, <laughs> which I, I didn't know was grasshopper at the time. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Um, 
and I threatened to I threatened to cut off that uh, missionary's uh, 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 payroll if you ever do that again to me. Uh, <laughs> not that I have that power, um, but but certainly the the food in Vietnam is something I've never really I've never really experienced before either. Sure, um, it's been uh, it's been it's been unique. It's well, been uh, it's, it's been different. It's based in Hanoi, right, or near Hanoi? The the training center is indeed in in Hanoi. Because yeah, Hanoi is like like world fam- like a world famous hub for just like incredible food and Vietnam obviously Vietnamese food. But yeah, I've, I've heard many good things about Hanoi and food. Right, but <laughs> now now think about Hanoi as a tourist versus Hanoi as a as a guy working with monks. Right. We don't necessarily go out to restaurants. We there's, in fact, in this in this uh, educational center we're building, I've got a kitchen in there. They cook all their own food because Hmong food is different than Vietnamese food. Right? Is it? Isn't it? Is it? So is it a little more bland usually? Like not as? I'm trying to remember because I felt like when I was in Thailand, the Hmong stuff didn't use as much like flavor or spice. It was a little more tame. It's not as, it's not as, I, I don't know, it was, it's still pretty flavorful. Like I prefer, yeah, again, I, I believe I'm saying this now. I prefer the, I prefer the spicier fish that the Hmong make and serve us. Mm. Um, then, then some of the fish I've had when I, when I've like gone out at the end of the day with one of the visiting props I'm there with or with the administrator, the pastor, we go out to dinner in, in, in Hanoi just on our own, just to, just to get a, just to get a break and just kind of talk about what we're seeing and kind of plan for the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fish fry, fish fries kind of changed too. Being in Wisconsin, you know, like, like uh, yeah. I, I could go for, for an East Asian interpretation of a fish fish fry, where you get the whole the whole fish is just on a giant plate in front of you, covered in curry. It's like yeah, I could, yeah. I, could I could go for uh, that kind of fish fry. You got to pick the bones out, right? Yep. The good news is though that uh, their beer is good, just like here in Wisconsin. So. <laughs> that's not on the sin and dime. That's all out of my pocket. <laughs> that's what I'm always going for. <laughs> right. So. Right. I find it interesting. Are the Hmong kind of like coexisting and living around the Vietnamese people? Because yeah. you say like that they're not very connected within this area. They are not. They uh they they are they are I mean they have they have shops, they have stores, they have services, but they're they're ex- almost exclusively serving their own people. Hmm. Um, you know, up in the up in the northern region, all the farm up there, all that farmland, that's all Hmong. Um, the only reason that we were we were in that Sapa region is because that's where the government put us up in a hotel, um, so we could visit some of the the Hmong churches uh, in that region when we were up there. Um, uh, but that's the only reason we were we were in we were in a Vietnamese restaurant um, because we were we were the government put us there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Did you just space out? We're gonna yeah, we're, we're gonna wrap question. it up here, and I think Wally just um, had a brain brain fart. Oh yeah. Okay. Do, do any of the like kind of the opposite of the Hmong people going into the Vietnamese things? Do any Vietnamese people ever come by the Hmong, and how does that interaction work? Uh, only in only in a supervisory role. Sure. Okay. So. The Vietnamese Fellowship Church, in which the Hmong Fellowship Church is a part of, because that's the only way they can be recognized by the government is if they fell under the Vietnamese Fellowship Church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the interaction I I mostly see between the Vietnamese and the Hmong. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for for calling in and talking to us today. If you were to kind of leave our listeners uh, back at MVL with one kind of call to action piece of of uh, of information, what would you what would you say to them to kind of uh, rally support and kind of tie everything back back together? Um, uh, keep this effort in your prayers. I, I mean, the Lord has certainly blessed us with the funding for it. Um, but just think back on some of the topics we've talked about uh, in just our short, you know, half hour, forty minute conversation. Yeah. Uh, 
we're we're putting we're putting our Hmong brothers and sisters at risk. Um, the government could turn at any moment and say enough. Um, the the fact that the fact that our church body, you know, people call this a, a we're a small church body. I'm I'm in charge of missions operations. We're not small. Mm-hmm. We are we have touch points all around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just keep keep this effort in your prayers. Keep in your thoughts. Um, monetary support, of course, is always welcome. But I've been telling people all along, just keep praying because God is blessing this thing. And the power of prayer, in my opinion, is uh, is is helping us get there. Sounds good. Well, awesome. th- yeah. Thanks again for talking to us today. And Our pleasure. Yeah. If I'm in if I'm in the Minnesota area, I'll I'll let you guys know, and I'd be happy to, to swing by and give you an update. For sure, we'd love to have you. Yeah, that would that would absolutely be great. Thank you, Mr. Young. Uh, Before you head out, can we turn the videos back on so I can get just a picture of all of us? I think that'd be that'd be be cool. Okay, I'm gonna turn our video back on quick. You guys can leave your headphones on. All right, you ready? Oh, there we go. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again. This has really been great. And and I I will make sure we send this episode to you once it goes out, and then you can share it as well. Um, you know, we'll help each other out. We'll get the podcast out there a little more. But I think I think this is this is gonna be really good for the the student body and hopefully do you do you remember what our goal was this year? What do we about thousand dollars. A thousand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think we can I think we can crush that. Yeah. Oh yeah. If we can double that. Yeah. That's kind of our hope. That's our hope is to just uh, crush that and why not be two thousand? Two thousand yeah. would be great. Mm-hmm. Even well three. this is my this is my first podcast ever, so thanks for <laughs> hey, doing good. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. We, <laughs> we would love to we would love to have you on again. So thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Young. We really appreciate your time. Um fly safe. Say hi to Thailand for me. <laughs> um, uh, now you've been there before, obviously, right? Yes, yes. Okay, have you had kel soy? I have. That's oh, have a have a bowl for me, okay? <laughs> Bring some takeout for me. I, I miss. Oh, that's like I dream of kel soy sometimes. I'm just like, oh, this mashed potatoes are good, but man, a good steaming bowl of that would just be great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Well, thanks again. God's blessings. We'll uh, we'll keep you in our prayers, and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, to hearing back from you. All right, take care, guys. Yep. Bye. Thanks so much to Sean Young for being here and speaking with us. Wally, thanks for interrupting <laughs> him three times. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean Young. If you're listening to this, I truly apologize. I did not mean to interrupt you so many times. <laughs> it's it's hard when you can't when you see can't, the other person. It's it's you don't see the keys. Yeah, just yeah. in case we didn't uh, keep this in. We eventually had to cut out the uh, visual for uh, Mr. Young, so that's why some of the uh, the talking was a little bit jumbled. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. We're at a, a completely new location for this podcast. We're lo- uh, recording in the Bethany Podcast Studio, which has been a tremendous blessing because it is amazing in here. Yeah. And the staff is very nice. Super staff, nice. Super yeah. nice. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Maybe there's a slight audio difference, too, I would imagine, this episode. For yeah. sure. I can imagine... Yeah listening to this compared to like the first one that we ever recorded <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna be hard nightmare. going back yeah <laughs> so yeah what did, what did you guys what are what's just go around um biggest kind of takeaways like what's stuck what's are you trying to that? run our podcast mr Lonston? sick of it but yeah we'll, we'll do that <laughs> that's a really good idea <laughs> all right wally you're very vocal how about you go first <laughs> so like my favorite my the things i learned that's what you're saying? Yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. You're the host. You do what you want. Oh, okay. Okay. I see how it is. Um, the thing that was really interesting for me and that I wanted to know more about going into this was the relationship between the Vietnamese and Hmong people and how that works. And that was really interesting. I didn't know anything about that. And also just the interactions with the, the government. Like, I don't know anything about that that type of government, like communism, and how it works with that. And it's it's interesting to learn more about that. And that's something that could be looked into, like on our own too. Yeah, I think that was a a really big takeaway for me when I was over in Thailand. Um, the pastor that he had men- mentioned, um, Pastor Ken, 
he was retired. He was getting ready to retire when I was there. So it was his last summer. And I essentially was like, what are you going to miss about Thailand? And he pretty bluntly said, you know, like, honestly, sometimes like the freedom that you have here, like, mm. and he just used small business as, as an example. Like if like tomorrow, if I decided I wanted to start a coffee shop or I was going to, you know, sell baskets that I was making, you just do it. Like mm-hmm. the space is there. You can go by the space. There's not now granted, like there's upsides to everything, right? Like, oh, yeah. yes, you can start a business. And then the way that it works is like the free market basically dictates whether like, so if my food is terrible or a bunch of people get sick, no one comes. Yeah. Right. So you don't, you don't have the government obviously making sure that your food is safe necessarily, but also like you won't stay open if it's not. So it still works out pretty well. But I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of interesting yeah. to think about. Cause like here it's, wildly like expensive like right or, and there's licenses and 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 again that's there there is good reason for that but yeah definitely different government different system and it was just a unique perspective that's really cool yeah there's always ups and downs of that kind of thing there's always that like argument of like if what's the perfect form of government i mean everyone has their different like opinions on that but it's just, there's there's ups and downs of all of them mm-hmm. right so joel this was your first time on the podcast yes what were your thoughts uh, I quite liked it. Um, I don't know. It's very unique. It's a it's a cool experience. For this <laughs> conversation in particular, I found it very interesting. Um, how he talks about like the communists can just kind of, you know, drop them whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they've put so much into this, and like they've come over. You know, we've gone there. They've had so many meetings. They're literally setting this up for them, mm-hmm. and. I just find it very interesting how, like, they're just doing it because it makes sense for them, right? You know, it's like, yeah, we need to control these people, and they're not going to listen to us, so we'll have them listen to this outside force. But they're also being affected by it, you know? And it's, like, outreach towards them that they don't even realize, and they're, like, contacting us for it. So I think that's a whole other, like, game that we can play is outreach towards actual Vietnamese people, possibly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh... For the sake of time, I'll keep this pretty short, but I think the more we learn, the more we don't know, the more we learn that we don't know, you know? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been just a kind of eye-opening to kind of see how how different it is and how unique of an opportunity it is and how, you know, we need people and prayers and money and all this to facilitate it over there and also how big of an impact we can have, um, mm-hmm. you know. on He talked about, like, hundreds of thousands of people um, possibly being reached. Yeah, so. like, mm-hmm. they, they want the gospel so it's different than we're trying to like get into where people don't want it but like these people want it so if we have the money and the resources we should try to give because these people want to have the gospel and it's a direct impact yeah yeah really clear yeah yeah i think i think for you students that's huge too to just know like it's not this Mm -hmm. hard to picture amorphous thing (laughs) so there's like general idea yeah right nope it's it's building a building so people can learn and and it's it's providing those resources i i think too my my hope for you guys is that this was interesting and maybe spurs some other ideas so i know there's a large Hmong population up in the cities and we have a Hmong pastor up there Mm -hmm. one of my first thoughts was we should probably have him on we have a lot of questions about the the Hmong people and their relationship, not just uh, in Vietnam, but everywhere that they are, and how does that work? And 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 two, I think I don't know if you like. Were you guys aware of Hmong, like the Hmong people prior to this? No. You know, because yeah. like they don't. It's not a country that we that they have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting um, opportunity to just kind of raise that awareness too, and learn about a culture that most people are completely. For sure. You know, yeah, when I used to live in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, like you mentioned, there's kind of a larger Hmong population uh, where we used to live. Uh, and then right as I was leaving, uh, there were more and more Hmong coming to the congregation down there. And it was it was kind of cool to see um, welcoming them as part of the family of believers um, and how powerful that can have on, on a people who didn't have a home country. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's weird how they're like just a minority everywhere they are. There's not like a oh here's like here's the Hmong like place. Yeah. This is where they are. It's they're always like the kind of suppressed minority. Scattered. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, so we'll definitely be hearing some more um more from the pastor up there. Um maybe from Sean Young again. Um lots of opportunities for us. So. Yeah. 
I think now's a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, so, so send your prayers and hopefully... And mission money, too. Yeah, mission yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, we're found on Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Google Play Store Music Player, Podbean. Uh, most of you just listen on <laughs> Radio the, Public. Radio Blog, yeah. Radio Public. That's a long like You've heard us say it before. And <laughs> yeah. Some ones that aren't real. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for having us on. This was great. You guys You guys did You guys did so good awesome. that I got this for you. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> this is the most satisfied with myself I've ever been. Hi, Mom. <laughs> we made it. We're here. Stardom. Bye, guys. Talk to you later. See ya. Hey, Walter. Later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Rip the dream. Sweet.